Hello and welcome back to the Everything Must Go podcast. I'm Brandon and with me as always is Steven. Uh, today we are going to be discussing the concept of you can't make everybody happy in your life. Um, we'll talk about uh, the idea of kind of making decisions following your gut and being okay with those decisions, not making everybody happy. Um, we'll talk about how we you know, balance the idea of making everybody happy um, if that's something that we have to face a lot and if it's a struggle for us. We'll talk about the idea specifically of saying no to people because um, that, that can be a very difficult skill to develop. <clears throat> Um, then we'll take a little break in this discussion and talk about my time in Chicago with Stephen. Um, if you guys follow along with uh, Stephen's YouTube page, Butch Boss, you'll see that uh, we had some video podcasts uploaded specifically with me right you finally, by his side. You finally get to see our ugly faces. <laughs> our, our ugly mugs. <laughs> um, and then um, we'll kind of come back to the discussion and talk about... Um, what our advice is for people who struggle with with the idea of trying to make everybody happy and uh, and then kind of hone it all back into uh, accountability and looking at yourself in the mirror at the end of the day. Um, so I had this really kind of drawn out analogy that I, I think that you would definitely respect because it does it definitely has to it's directly related to baseball. So umpires in baseball, um, I mean, I guess you could consider it like refs in any other sport. It doesn't have to specifically be umpires, but they have a responsibility that can be incredibly stressful because within a nine inning game, you have, I mean, you have some obvious calls that an umpire has to make. You know, if, if a guy, you know, is out by a mile, you know, that's not really a judgment call. It's just, he's out. Um, but there are a lot of what they make within that nine inning game that would be considered judgment calls like the strike zone for instance you know you might say hey it's from knees to shoulders and the outside of the plates but when you have a 90 mile per hour fastball coming in and then an 80 mile per hour slider to the next pitch you got to make a a split second decision on whether or not it's a strike so it's a lot of times those decisions can be kind of a gray area and you develop your own strike zone so to speak yeah and it's always um, it's always fun to argue about the strike zone yeah. <laughs> well, that kind of leads into my next point is like, no matter what call you make as the umpire, you have 25 guys on one side that are in love with you because it benefited their team. But then other 25 guys are just absolutely pissed off that you could even think about making that call. Like you're ruining their lives. Um, <laughs> and I just think it's, it's, it's very comparable to life. It, no matter what decisions you make, a lot of times some people are going to end up angry. So whether you're an umpire, a referee, or a human being, I feel like you have to follow your gut. You have to stick with you know, what you think is right. Now, if you make a mistake, you can learn from that. But no decision should be made with the sole purpose of making everyone else happy because I feel like that's impossible. Um, now <laughs> that I'm off this long convoluted analogy um do you have a difficult time with this concept do you think that you allow the outside noise to affect your decision making process yeah so my first point on this if i had to choose between being a ref in any other sport or being an umpire i, I gotta say being a home plate umpire trying to call balls and strikes would be like the worst job ever for me making split second decision right. over and over and over again for such a I don't know. The strike zone is just such a tough, such a tough thing to decide on, anyways. Um, but yeah, th this is very applicable towards my life, and it's something that I learned a lot in the end of high school and then towards college. Uh, Brandon and I are going to do an episode coming up where we we talk a little bit about college since we we started a new series called Lessons from a Younger Me. But you really can't make everybody happy no matter what you do when you make decisions for example when you're going to college you could go to a college close to home might make your family happy but if you wanted to go to a college out of state well now you've sacrificed 
that thought in your head of, you know, I, I think it would be to my growth benefit to, to go somewhere else. I battled this a little bit because I ended up going to a college out of state and I, I was kind of pushed to do that, but as a result, I knew like my friends wouldn't be happy about it. So I had to choose my own personal development over my friends. And sometimes that's a really tough call, especially for me who, you know, my, my friends in school, like they were super important to me and they, they still are important to me. I don't want to, I don't want to say anything to like say that they're not important to me, but right. it's those judgment calls that you have to make sometimes. What, um, from your, from your perspective, what was one of the, one of those decisions that you had to make, let's say in those high school to college or early college years that had a lot of uh, implications? Oh, well, obviously my decision to drop out of school to pursue music. I mean, um, I had a similar thing where I, I had a lot of friends that, I mean, even you kind of were counting on me to be my roommate the next year at college. Um, I had, uh, you know, I mean, my family was pretty supportive of the decision, but um, I mean, there were definitely things within uh, my pursuit of music that they didn't understand or um, didn't stand by. But ultimately, it was my journey to make, you know, the decisions that I had to make within that journey had to be my own. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I definitely... I, I did struggle with the balance of listening to the people that I cared about. Cause I think that's when you get to the center of it, like being an umpire is one thing. Cause you have two baseball teams. You're not supposed to care about these teams. You're supposed to be unbiased or, you know, whatever. But when it gets to the specific, uh, life circumstance, like I love my family. I really care about my family. I really care about my close friends. And so making a, a judgment call, um, holds a little more weight where it's like, man, I, I really want to pursue music, but Steven is counting on me to, you know, be his roommate the next year. And we've kind of developed this friendship plus, you know, I, I might not make it in music. So I feel like I might be letting people in my future down, you know, um, for instance, when I, got towards the end of my music journey, part of the reason I went back to college was, you know, I think I might want to start a family and like settle down in that, in that regard. And am I going to be a 29 year old father that doesn't have like a, a real full-time job? I'm, I'm just like working at Jimmy John's and, uh, not, not that, well, actually, I, that actually really bothers me when people say that, that <laughs> that job isn't a real job, but I just mean like, I'm not in my career path. Um, yeah, like you, like you be could be making more money and stuff. Like, yeah, just like I wouldn't be able to support my family. Essentially, you know, am, am I going to be okay with that? Is the dream to pursue music um, big enough for me to sacrifice that? And at the time when I when I made that decision to go back to school, I was like, I'm going to try both. But then ultimately, I was like, I think for for what I want in my life, a family is more important than than this pursuit and, you know, uh, you know, finding a wife and having kids and stuff. And, and so I, I eventually made that decision for myself as well. Cause I, I think I also probably had, I mean, I had a band, like a band that was, you know, hoping for me to make a decision that would keep us, keep us going and keep us alive. Cause that, you know, that's what they wanted. So, but I couldn't, I couldn't let them, make the the decision just for myself um and but I, i'm curious what your perspective is because i do think that there's a certain like when you have other people relying on you how do you how do you balance that um as opposed to just always making a decision for yourself <laughs> that's funny because that was gonna be my question for you when you when you had mentioned that because I, I was curious from your point of view from my point of view, I've tried a number of different things. Like I've actually written down before my decision-making process on what the order of the most important things should be, whether it's friends, family, passion, money. Like I've, I've tried to do those types of things before, and they've had so I've had some success in in having to make decisions. But there are times where you just got to make a split-second decision, and you have to right. just think to yourself and. A lot of times I just think of, well, what's the worst thing that can happen in the situation? If I feel like I want to do it, 
if you took out everybody else, if I feel like it's something that I want to do because it's going to benefit me in the long run, then I, I just try to think, okay, well, what's the worst thing that can happen? And then in that case, I might be like, well, I might lose a couple of friends in the process, but then I'll think to myself, if I lose these couple of friends, well, then maybe they weren't really my friends anyways because they didn't want to right. stick around for my journey. And I do think that the people who matter the most are going to be the ones who stick around and that if you're afraid that they won't, then they're not they're not your friends anyways. So that that to me has been a lot of my decision-making process around the around people because that's the hardest part sometimes is you get pulled in so many directions from people t- saying that they know better than you on what you should do with your life. So someone tells you, oh, uh, um, oh, Stephen, why do you even waste your time doing anything with comedy? Like, why, why are you wasting your time with that? And I'd have right. to defend it and be like, I'm learning a good skill set from improv. Like, improv isn't my favorite thing in the world, but I learned a good skill set from it. And I'm not taking, like, so much time out of my day from other things that are important to me. So why would I not do this? So I think that I probably that the biggest takeaway is I probably just look at, well, what's, yeah, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? And usually it's nothing too major. So that's... That's I mean that's for me at least. What what about you? Well, really quick, one caveat I wanted to throw on there, like sure, I 100% agree that like the right people are going to stick through your life. You know, if you're making these decisions that are for yourself. Now the caveat to that is if you're being an absolute asshole <laughs> and like <laughs> yeah, not res- <laughs> not respecting them at all, like they shouldn't stay in your life. Um, I feel like that's obvious, but I did just want to kind of branch that out because I, I, I've had certain relationships or friendships where they're like, but you said that you were going to be here for everything. And it's like, yeah, until you just started being a complete <laughs> dick and not respecting me as a person. You making a decision that's better for yourself is one thing. That's you respecting yourself. And it's my goal. It's my, um, I guess, responsibility to respect you. But if if your decision-making process comes in, I'm explicitly not going to respect you, <laughs> then I'm not going to reciprocate um, or I'm not going to give you a certain level of respect that you're not reciprocating to me. Um, so I just wanted to add that caveat in there really quick. Um, it's a good point. Like... That's something that I, I did think about a little bit because there are instances yeah. where people actually are just terrible and they'll be like, I don't get why I'm losing all my friends. Like, I'm doing this for me. I'm like, yeah, you're doing yeah. this for you, but you're also you're like actually everybody. just being a piece of shit. So. Right. Yeah. No, exactly. And yeah, like there there has to be a certain line of, of how you treat people throughout your throughout your journey. Um but uh, but yeah, I do I do strongly agree with the the concept as a whole. Like if you you know, my family has this sort of, and I, I hope not. I know that not everybody has this, but the thing I love about my family is there is some sort of a unconditional love where you know I might make certain mistakes while I'm trying to pursue this journey for my for myself but at the end of the day I think there's an understanding that I'm going to come back to a path that is you know wholesome to me or I don't know wholesome fulfilling to me or the right thing for me but because of my curiosity and my ambition I might stray from that path and 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 follow different things that maybe aren't the best um but there there is a certain um sense of respect from my loved ones that they're, they understand that I'm going to come back to, you know, if I do stray from it to, to the central uh, path, so to speak. Um, and, and so that just goes to show you that my family are people that I will be able to keep in my life, you know, forever because they have that respect to, to let me make decisions and make mistakes. Now it might not always be pretty. Like I definitely get in fights with my family about decisions that I make and stuff like that. But that's also the confrontation. I think that's a huge thing within this idea of can't make everyone happy. You have to be okay with confrontation, with adversity. That's part of the journey. If you just try to go through life without 
uh, facing any of that, just sweeping it all under the rug, it's going to come up in some way, shape, or form. Um, you might not realize it in the moments because you're ignoring it, but I had uh, I had a really close friend recently. Um, she's a people pleaser. And, oh, God, um, the worst. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, well, it's tough because ultimately those people pleasers are, I, I guess, at a surface level trying to um, make people happy, which is beautiful, but you, I don't think you can ever make people sustainably happy unless you truly do follow your own heart and your own path. Exactly. Um, that is, that is literally such a good point. And sorry to like interrupt. There's, no, it's fine. This, um, this point does drive me crazy where sure. If, if you have to put in all this effort to, to make people happy, like it, it it will work a lot of the time in the short term, and a lot of times these people will be the like I'll have people come through like oh no they're so great, like they'll say oh this person I work with is so great or oh this person that I spend time with is so great and I'm and I'm just like do you not see that this this person is literally just doing everything that we want them to do? Probably the most frustrating humans in my life that I have some of the least amount of respect for are just people who. It seems like they played their entire life so incredibly safe. It was just to accommodate other people, and there's no right. way that at the at the core that those people are really happy with the with those decisions that they're making. Well, yeah, because they're not making them within their own free will. Exactly. And the point that I was going to get to with this, she she told me, she kind of argued to me, my friend did that. Uh, you know, she, I, I'm just trying to. I have a hard time not trying to make people happy, and I was like, well, you don't realize this. But the people that know you, that are in your inner circle, that know what really is important to you, actually get hurt by you trying to people please everybody else. Because when you make decisions that aren't for yourself, and so for instance, Stephen, if you were a people pleaser, and I'm directly impacted by some decisions that you make because you and I have this podcast together, we're really good friends, I know you really well, and then you just constantly make decisions that end up, you know, for instance, if, if your friends always wanted to hang out every Friday night, every Saturday night, every Sunday night, and it impacted our podcast recording, you're, you're pleasing those people. But I'm someone who is like going through a journey with you. Like I'm trying to create something special out of this podcast that is sustainable. And from what I know about you is fulfilling for you. And so now you're making all these people happy by going out in the instant, but you're actually really hurting a person that would probably, it would mean more to you to keep around. Yeah. So that, I mean, that's the big thing. Like you cannot make everyone happy. That's the whole umpire analogy. Like one side is going to be super happy with your decisions, but then the other side is going to be pissed off. You're, you're going to make some people upset with your decisions so you have to choose what's best for you because what's best for you is going to keep the right team around you well on on this topic do from from your your perspective i, I want to know a time where you allowed the outside noise to affect your decision making process and maybe a time where you were proud of yourself because you you felt like you genuinely did what you needed to do instead Huh. And I know I'm I'm kind of putting you on the spot with this one, so if you need no, okay. a second to think about it, I'll tell a really well, terrible joke. <laughs> <laughs> you could just say I'm going to tell a joke, and then I think it's implied that it's going to be terrible. <laughs> yeah, but if I say you up and say it's going to be terrible, then maybe it'll be funny still. Oh, you're right. Yeah, I got. That's you. how it works, I think. <laughs> um, so I'll I have to think about a time when I. Uh, I, I listened to the outside noise and, and uh, did what other people wanted. I know that there definitely is. Now, you're just um, incredible, man. You never, never, <laughs> never. You. I never sacrifice my own morals. <laughs> no. Um, I, I think an example that I've talked about in, in the past um, with my, I know I'm really not trying to talk about my music pursuit all the time, but it is very, um, it has a lot of, things that I look back on now that even though I didn't quote unquote make it as a musician, I'm really proud of myself for the, the journey that I did take. One of those things was when I was offered that record deal, 
um, by uh, that that record company that Rebecca Black was from, I I had a lot of people that were just not happy with with my decision making process um, because this could have been an opportunity. This could have been my big break, you know. Um, this was a company that. Uh, even though they were kind of looked at as a joke, you know, they wanted to take me on as a serious artist and maybe it could have been different and stuff. But uh, I, I knew that I didn't want to sacrifice my own creative integrity. And I was going to have to do that to, to, to join uh, that team. And so um, even though I had people within my inner circle that were upset that I didn't take this opportunity for a big break or try to negotiate all that stuff, I just was like, no, if there's one thing that I've learned in my pursuit is this is something I have to stick to my guns on. There's no negotiation on whether or not someone else can write songs for me, on what kind of image I portray, all this stuff. That is my, that's my baby. That's what I create. And there's not anybody else that can, can say otherwise. Um, I think my biggest issue, um, with saying no comes actually from the people that are within my inner circle or at, that I allow. I think we've talked about how I can be kind of strict with my inner circle or have high standards for people that come in, but there have been times when I've been a lot less calculated and like people that I've fallen in love with haven't deserved that for me, for, from me. And then I'll make decisions for that person to make that person happy and uh, it's not right by you know the life that I want to live, and then there starts to become this um, the foundation starts to dwindle underneath everything. Um, I'm not going to get into specifics, but I just know that there have been relationships where I haven't said no to a person that I love uh, or I care about because I think you know it's it's fine. I can just I can just do this to make them happy and and uh, make everything okay. Um, and, and, you know, maybe I'll talk to them about how it wasn't my favorite decision and maybe they'll give me the same respect back of, you know, making some decisions that are for me, but ultimately, um, none of them ended up <laughs> doing that. Um, so it was, it was the situation where I didn't say no, or I didn't say this isn't for me. And I ended on down a path that ended up hurting me more in the long run because you know even though I didn't try to sweep it under the rug if another person that I'm close to does and I just kind of go along with it then I am kind of sweeping it under the rug I mean does that make sense I feel like maybe I got a little too convoluted <laughs> no it, it certainly makes sense I mean we have with with relationships there's it's pretty much impossible to not give in like there's there's definitely been instances where i i've sacrificed a little bit of what i needed to get done by going out on nights where i needed to be productive um sleeping in too much things like that where it did sacrifice a little bit of my productivity and it it did genuinely bother me but a big part of it is just being self-aware that that's actually happening. So not allowing yourself to become delusional and, and realizing that maybe these decisions are being made for the wrong reasons. For me, I definitely made a lot of the, the uh, decisions that were based around people around me when I was younger a lot more. And now I feel like I've, I've gone so radically on the other end of the spectrum where I feel like I almost feel like I'm being too selfish sometimes because you know I'm a single guy who lives by himself and I, I the ball is really in my court here in, in Chicago to, to do whatever I want to do and there are times where people are like let Steven let's let's go out and if I don't want to go out I'm I find myself less and less feeling like I have to go out there to prove a point of some kind and sometimes mm -hmm. that gets difficult because then when people start saying, or people stop inviting you out, you start feeling like, oh, they don't want to hang out with me anymore. Now I've actually, I've actually done something I'm not happy about. And then you, you start feeling bad about it. So there does have to be a good, a good balance in place about that type of thing. Well, it's interesting to hear you 
talk about how you feel like maybe you've been more selfish lately. I wonder if some of that comes from the fact that you, in my opinion, are a caring person because, you know, I, especially the last like year or so you and I have, we talk on the phone a lot. Um, we pretty much know everything that's going on in each other's life. And there's never really been instances where I've seen you make these certain decisions where I'm just like, wow, he's just being a selfish jerk to these people. It, it's, it's more of like, like for instance, you know, you not going out because you know that you have something to do the next day. So you're making a smart decision <laughs> because it's going to impact, you know, your productivity, your efficiency or whatever. And then you're like, well, I don't want to lose these friends. And that kind of goes back to the, the idea of if, if you deciding not to go out with them on a night or something is what's going to cause you to lose them. Um, I just wonder how great of friends they are. You yeah, know what not, I mean? not great. And I, that's that's something I've, I've realized. I base, around, I base a lot of this stuff around growing up, like my upbringing. I mean, I, I come from a, a very close-knit, um, mostly Italian family that all live in a pretty – pretty close to each other. Like you could probably get to most of my family within like a, a 45 minute drive. And that was just sort of part of the the thing was everybody kind of stayed in that area. They, they're always like there to support each other. And I do feel like it kind of came across as not a selfish decision for me to move to Chicago, but it was certainly something that very few people in my family had ever done before. And mm -hmm. since I, I grew up around this very family and close friend oriented or oriented um, culture, coming out here, I do have a feeling of feeling selfish, probably more than I even should, just because in I'm basing opinion, it off yes. of that. Yeah, <laughs> just just because of of that, and it, it's something that I've I've tried to look past, but I do see the benefit in having a great support system. Uh, right. around me I and I, I really battle this a lot to to really if you're if you're gonna hit on a, a part of me that I'm very very sensitive about it's I've lived out of state for the last seven years mostly where I, I, I uh, grew up in Ohio and I, I really haven't spent too much time there in the last seven years don't get me wrong I try to go back there as, as often as I possibly can but it's um I know it's a, it's an incredibly hard thing on my family sometimes that I I, mm -hmm. I do this because you know I, everyone always says oh Stephen you know you come from a um a good family you've got a great support group back home you could just you could just stay there and get a good job and 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 find someone and have a have a great life and I always feel like there's so much more growth that can be had on these other places uh, during my journey that I've been on. And there are times where it hurts really bad knowing that they are, they support me, but they're also, it doesn't make them happy to have me be here. And it right. makes it difficult for me to, it just makes it difficult sometimes. Like at my core, I do feel like there's a little bit of, of unhappiness and question of, Am I doing the right thing here? Is my personal growth and development more important than the happiness of my friends and family back home? And I've, I've sort of realized that if I feel like this is the right thing and I, I make the best effort to keep in touch with everyone, that this is ultimately going to pay off. But it's an incredibly hard thing to wrap my mind around sometimes. Well, here's something that, you know, and, and if you ever get to a point in this conversation where things get too personal, we can definitely back off. But here's my Here's my thing with your certain circumstance. And I learned this because I moved to Tennessee in high school. And I had all these friends that were like, oh, man, we miss you so much. And it's like, yeah, man, I miss you guys, too. And they're like, we can't wait for you to come back and visit. We can't, you know, you should move back here. And it just kind of struck me. It's like, wait a second. Why does it always have to be me that is the one who makes the change. So I guess my question to you in, in these people that might not be supportive of your time in Chicago and whatnot, you know, in comparison, how many times do you think you visited them or, or spent time with them as opposed to them coming to see you? You know, it's a good point. Is, I, um, is there balance in that? Yeah, so definitely. 
I um I hold myself to incredibly high standards of which I don't expect anybody to put in the amount of effort that I do into trying to keep relationships together because it's a super in, important thing to me and I will lose sleep every time over making people feel like I care because especially I feel like it's, it, in, that I especially have an obligation to do so because I've been away for such a long time here and there are there are times where I'm like okay you know if you really do want me to be a part of your life you know where I'm at like you can easily just you can easily just buy a plane ticket and head here. You could drive here. You could do any number of things. And, and don't get me wrong, people people do this. Like it's not. I mean, you you visited me, uh, what two times in the last eight months or something like that. And and I'm, I'm actually going to be three times. Yeah, about to be three times. Like, <laughs> um, and and that that does it means a lot when when people do that. So it, it it does give me that feeling of, wow, this is a really good friend. This person actually really cares a lot about me and. When I was in Tennessee, I didn't get a whole lot of, of visitors down there, and yeah, there were times where I was like, okay, if you're gonna if you're gonna feel negatively towards me, why don't you come down and visit? Because it's not like when I go home, I'm not immediately driving over to see you or making an effort to to go and and see people. So yeah, it's a, it's a super frustrating sometimes because yeah, you can't make everyone happy. No matter what you do in life, there's gonna be someone who's gonna be pissed at you for oh what. Why didn't you call me? You should call me every month. You should. It, it, there's only there's only so much energy you have in time to figure out how to make everybody happy, and ultimately yeah. you can't. <laughs> there, there's two main things I want to say here. Number one, I think one thing that you said is something that I hope you can recognize, and I hope that in, anybody else like this that you know does have this guilt or this feeling of I got to do this for these people that I love and care about needs to pay attention to. You said, I hold myself to a higher standard. I don't have the same expectations for other people that I have for myself. The reason I think it's so important for you to recognize this is because with those high standards, you kind of get into these modes where you really beat yourself up. I think if you can you know, beat yourself up for not uh, doing the things that maybe they aren't willing to do. I think if you can recognize the mindset of, hey, I'm holding myself to an extremely high standard. Maybe you can come to this kind of more balanced middle ground where it's like, you know, I, I'm always going to hold myself to a higher standard, but I shouldn't beat myself up if I'm not able to meet it because I know that this is of a higher, I don't want to keep saying higher standard because I feel like I'm being redundant. But, uh, you know, I, I'm holding myself to a level of responsibility that might be less likely to obtain. The second thing I want to talk about is, you know, you uh, referring to um, going back home and then it's not like when you get back home, you hang out with these people immediately. This is something my family learned big time because when I was a sophomore in high school, we moved from Minnesota to Tennessee. We lived there for two years. Somewhere along the second year, a lot of my family like my out not my not my immediate family but like my cousins, my uncles, my aunts, my grandparents were putting a lot of pressure on my parents to move back home. It was, you know, we miss you, why don't you guys come back? All this stuff and and then we took a visit up to Minnesota and I reconnected with uh, my high school girlfriend and was like, "Okay, now I want to move back home." So we kind of succumb to is succumb a word. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. Maybe I don't think it, it sounds kind of weird though. I'm not a big fan of yeah. it if it is a word. <laughs> I definitely think you should find out the source and use a different word than that if you can. Yeah, maybe. Um, no, we we kind of we let the outside pressures uh, push us to make a decision for our lives. So we moved back to Minnesota. Well, the funny thing is we moved back to Minnesota and I barely saw any of those family members that were always complaining about how they missed us so much while we were in Tennessee. In fact, I would argue that I saw them more times while living in Tennessee than I saw them when I was back in Minnesota. So it was like, wait a second, I just made this decision to make you guys happy and yet I'm back now and you're not even putting in the effort to 
like appreciate this or not take it for granted. And, and so that, that was a huge, I think, learning, uh, learning curve for not only me to learn, but, or gosh, I'm being so, my words are horrible today. (laughs) That was a huge lesson for not only me to learn, but, uh, for my family to learn as well. And we ended up moving back to Tennessee after a couple of years because we recognized that this wasn't what we had made it out to be. These people that were pressuring us, even though we do love our family and stuff, they, they were pressuring us to come back. They still have their own lives too, you know, and we're not going to hold that against them. But because they have that and they're focusing on that, why aren't we doing that for ourselves? Instead, we're holding ourselves to this higher standard of, you know, pleasing them and then making decisions that we actually probably will end up regretting because we didn't follow our own hearts. Yeah, exactly. I had basically the same thing happen to me in 2015 where I felt like I was home for a stretch and wasn't like I was seeing all my friends and family like that that much more often. And then there's been a huge push for me to move back home. And it's not to say I would never move back there. Like if it feels right, I would do it. I'm not like going out of my way to intentionally not live there, but it people a lot of times are just selfish in their own right where they just want right. they want you to do things that make their lives better or at least theoretically make their lives better and you do have to really think okay, am I making this decision for them or am I making this decision for me? Because the better thing for me to do, I think, is this and they want me to do that. So what am I going to do? Well, you should probably actually think about it before you make an impulsive decision that could be very life-altering. <laughs> right. Well, and, and I would say too, like the people that actually do love you and care about you, if you follow your heart and do the things that you want to do, maybe they're not happy during the journey, but when they see you reach the certain destinations or heights that you're trying to reach, th- I, I guarantee those people that actually love you and care about you will come around to the idea of, I'm so happy that you stuck by this and I'm so happy to see where you are and what you did. Like if, if they truly like love you and support you, I, I feel like, I mean, obviously yes. during, <laughs> during the process, they might not be that way because they do miss you or want you around, but to see you succeed or see you come through the adversity to get something that truly makes you happy that's going to make them happier at the end of the day um and that's just my thought on you know if, if you ever have to try to find the underlying lingering thing that keeps you going i feel like if you do make it to what you're trying to go towards um even though during the path it you know you might miss people or have to make some decisions that are tough when you get to, the, to where you're wanting to go, I feel like there's going to be a big payoff from a lot of those people that love you and care about you. Exactly. And I want to make one more point on this, and then we can talk a little bit about uh, your your time in Chicago here. Um, okay. The, like, we, we, we bring up a lot of good points here, but I, I, I think a, a big takeaway for me is if you really want to know who really cares about you, and who's actually going to be there for you. I think one of the most important ways to see it, and I'm not telling you that this is something that you have to do, but it's been incredibly valuable to me to see this, is if you move away or you cut off connections from people, you will really see who actually cares about you. Because when I moved uh, out of state, I definitely lost a lot of acquaintances along the way. People who maybe I even thought were my friends who no longer made any effort to keep in contact with me. And then you'll have the people who, when you move away, you almost feel like you get closer to them because now they're, they're, they're calling you more, they're making that extra effort. You can really see who actually is going to be there with you throughout the journey and who wasn't just there because you were convenient at the time. I think that's been a super, super powerful thing for me to see. And the same thing mm-hmm. goes for, I mean, if a relationship ends between you and someone and they just kind of like cut you out and then they don't really make any efforts. Like you, you can kind of tell like, okay, well maybe this wasn't how it was supposed to be. But then if like two years later down the road, they called you and were like, I, I screwed up. Like you really do matter to me. You would have known, wow, this person just spent all this time missing me. And now they finally have, have broken down and, and told me how they feel. And like that to me, those are the beautiful moments in life where there's just so much power behind it. Cause you can see like, wow, 
I really matter. I am important to this person. And I know from me personally, that's how I've felt about people that have disappeared from my life. If I wanted them to be a part of it after like a long time, I, I noticed, wow, I truly do miss this person. Like that's power right there. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could say that with, with our friendship, like we, we went for a really long time without really communicating a lot. And I think, you know, that, that looking back on it, I wish that hadn't happened. Um, Me but, too. <laughs> but I think it also makes us appreciate, you know, who we are to each other in our life. And I, so I think that that's a, a, a prime example of what you're saying. So for people out there who are listening, who, who have those relationships where it's like, even all this time has gone by and then there's just like this something that pulls you back to this person. I'm not saying that you just uproot your life and whatever for them, but I'm just saying like you have to recognize that maybe there is something special within that bond, so to speak. So definitely. And, and to kind of connect this into the Chicago point, like, or our Chicago conversation is, I mean, this is one of the reasons why we, we started this everything must go podcast was, we 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 started reconnecting more and more. We started we started talking more and more. Um, I was going through some stuff, and I knew that Brandon would be there if I gave him a call. Gave him a call one day, and that started like a a long conversation. And we caught back up, and then we started realizing like, wow, we kind of had missed having someone to have this type of uh, dialogue with, and it, it is helpful to to. Mm-hmm. Not just be stuck with your own thoughts, but have someone else that you can can think, oh, um, I've, I'm having this thought in my head. Is this a crazy thought? And then hearing someone else has had that same thought and then hearing, oh, this is how this is how we got through it. So it, it right. is really cool. Brandon and I don't get to hang out too often in person because we live in you know different states. But it was really fun when you got to come up here for almost an entire week. And we got to produce video podcasts in person, but just like hold interact. on a second. Yeah, you keep saying come up here. Chicago is <laughs> south of Minnesota. So I don't know, I don't know why about. I always had this thought in my head that Chicago <laughs> is just like come up here, which is weird too because I would think the most people who would visit me are not coming from like down south. Really, they're usually they're usually from Ohio, if anything. And Cleveland is really not much more further south than Chicago. No, it's I see what it is. You, you live in this big city and you look down on us town folk like we're peasants. And you just sit up on your high horse, your pedestal, like you're the king. I mean, yeah, we, we're pretty cool here in Chicago. We got a lot of money here in Chicago. We got 2.7 yeah. million people and really high taxes. That's some, that's some serious cash. Money bag Steven is what we call him. <laughs> No, but sorry to interrupt you. I just wanted to. <laughs> no, no, no. That's, that's a good point. I mean, it's those kind of comments that just show you what most of the time Chicago was like. It was basically just this back and forth. A lot of laughing yeah, but, and dumb jokes. Yeah, no, definitely. I had a lot of fun. I mean, well, just to give our listeners um, a, a picture of how this happened. Um, well, I don't even really know how we planned this trip. It was it wasn't really planned at all. It was just like, hey, should I come down for a week and we do a bunch of stuff? And I, I feel like that was a point when this podcast started becoming a little more serious. So, you know, we like we've talked about in the past, we talk about this podcast and things that we want to accomplish outside of the actual episodes. Um, and so there's a lot of thought that goes into like, what, what do we want to get across to an audience and stuff like that? And, and so these conversations that we have to start this dialogue with you guys, um, is something that we even do personally with each other. And, um, and so we were just kind of like, you know, let's, let's take this to the next step. So I, I bought, well, I, I looked at plane tickets first. They're like 400 bucks and I'm like, yeah, nope, not doing that. Um, and then Megabus, which I've used Megabus a ton of times. Um, I looked on, on there and they're like $30, well, one way and then $30 back. But My first Megabus experience was actually with you. <laughs> Did you know yeah, that? from Knoxville to yeah, Nashville. That was the first time it? I ever took a Megabus, yeah. That was like a $5 ticket too. Those things are yeah, freaking that, sweet. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, but yeah, so I came down. It's like an eight-hour bus ride, a little bit over eight hours because we stop in Milwaukee and Madison. So I took some of that time to – we write out outlines for our episodes. So I took some time to do that. We've been trying to 
get a little more uh, involved in social media, which <laughs> for those of you that have <laughs> listened to the first episode, it's it's been kind of a challenge for me to, to do that. So it's something I'm trying to overcome, but something that Steven has kind of helped me out with <laughs> along the way. I'm basically a wizard, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then I got down. What time did I, I got down like three in the morning? Oh, yeah. I, it was like, real great. I had to, I had to go, go to work <laughs> that day, but I had to wake yeah. up at three in the morning, let this guy in. Then we talked for like an hour about who knows what. I was like basically delusional at that point <laughs> or delirious, yeah. whatever you want to say. <laughs> yeah. And then it was pretty much. So I was there Tuesday through Sunday. So Tuesday through Friday, we worked during the day. And then he would get home and we would do YouTube videos. We would record podcast episodes. Um, we, we were super productive, which I was proud of us for. But uh, yeah, it's it just kind of show, give, give you guys a picture of the grind that we kind of put ourselves through. It's super exhausting, but um, super fun at the same time. And then uh, we, we developed some new ideas for the podcast, uh, spotlight episodes, which at the time of this airing, <laughs> you'll be able to to know what those uh, truly are um and uh yeah just i mean all around it was a very productive but also very uh fulfilling trip personally i don't i don't know if you feel the same way absolutely yeah it was uh it was super fun and um i can't wait to to do it again maybe by the time this is released you've actually seen brandon back in in chicago <laughs> i think so yeah <laughs> honestly maybe so <laughs> See, this podcast is like time travel. You know, we, we record these and things have already happened by the time you get to see them, hear them. Yeah, it, it was fun doing the, um, I mean, I'm, I'm a big video person, obviously. People have seen my YouTube channel. I think I have like 100 videos on there. I, uh, I'm a big video person, so it, it was cool to add that portion to my YouTube channel and actually see us interact in, in or uh, in, interact together. It was kind of cool. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else you want to say or you want to get back into uh, the discussion? No, uh, I think we can we can talk about the uh, the topic at hand here. All right, let's do it. Um, so the next next point that we wanted to get to was uh, um, what what is our advice? Our specific, if we're talking to our audience, what is our advice for people who who struggle with letting other people impact their decisions? Who are people pleasers, or, or or some form of that? What are what are some helpful ideas or thoughts for handling a situation where one or more people end up unhappy from your own personal decision making process? Well, one of my biggest life philosophies, and I think I might have even mentioned this in a, in a prior episode, is I would rather be hated for who I am than love for who I am not. So I use that in a lot of the my decision making in my life because I think it's a super applicable. If you do if you follow that, then you know that you're making decisions for just you. So you, you know that if if you made the decision for what you felt were the right reasons and not what someone else put into your head. So my advice is Whenever you've got those those big decisions to make in your life, think about will you, will you look back on this moment and regret something if you choose to to follow a certain path. So for me, I had the I had that question actually because I I had to make a very interesting decision in my life that I I remember exactly how I I remember exactly what my thoughts were leading up to the decision, which was. So my first year of college, I went in-state, and I went about 20 minutes away from home, and after that year was over, I knew I wanted to reassess where I was going to go to school, and in my head, I had gotten the opportunity where I could go, I, like, I, I had, my dad had given me the approval to go to an out-of-state school because of the, the efforts I had put in in my first year, and... As a result, when I, I had applied to a few different schools, some were in Ohio, and then um, I applied to the University of Tennessee in Knoxville, and I had gotten into all the schools that I was looking at, and I had to, to make a decision on where I was going to go, and my thought that ultimately pushed me to go to the University of Tennessee was, which of these decisions will I look back on with no regret? And my thought was, 
I'm giving I'm giving this amazing opportunity to go out of state for a university, which is something that very few people even get the chance to do. And I'm thinking about passing it up because it makes me uncomfortable. And that thought was, okay, I'm not like I, I'm not gonna be okay with that in the future. I wanna pick something where I'm gonna look back on and be like, wow, I'm so glad that I pushed myself to step outside of the box. And I knew it was gonna be difficult because I didn't know a single person there and it was totally out of my element, but it was gonna change me into a more accomplished and stronger person. And that's why I did it. And that's what you gotta do sometimes. You gotta think, if you've got a great opportunity in front of you, why are you not taking it? Is it because of you? Is it because of other people? Is it because of fear? What is the reason behind it? Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, and I, I think your example, you know, kind of highlights that that thought process that you should go through. Uh, I I worry sometimes that for those people pleasers, they they get so caught up in. Um, I mean, I can even say for me, for the people that I love and care about, I, I kind of can become a people pleaser um, for those people specifically. Um, and, and I get caught up in like, I'm, I'm responsible for, for making this person happy and nothing else matters. And I think having a mindset of, okay, well, other things do matter. I need to break down an opportunity that could be in front of me. Like in your situation, you had this opportunity to to branch outside of your comfort zone, to, to do something that, you know, you look back on now and you're probably super appreciative that you oh, made yeah. that decision. One of the yeah, most important absolutely. decisions I've ever made in my entire life. Cause it really, it made me just be like, okay, I can live anywhere. Like I, I can just move here and it, it I'll, I'll get through it. Right. Exactly. And yet if, if that Steven that had made that decision that had gone through that thought process had looked through things and was like, yeah, but my parents are going to miss me and they're, they're not going to like this. Or, you know, I've grown up with these friends who go to the same college that I do, or at least go close, you know, they're going to be pissed because it's like, I'm abandoning them. If you would have had that thought, the Steven now wouldn't be looking back and saying, I made this great decision for myself that I wouldn't be who I am today because of it. And that's what I'm saying. Like if, if you can have any sort of awareness or foresight into the future where it's like, this decision that I could make, yes, it will impact people around me in a way that doesn't make everybody happy. But for me personally, I can I can say that there's a chance that if I do this, if I if I take this risk, if I uh, chase this dream, if I if I go for this, I I can look back and say, no matter what the outcome of this pursuit, I came back a better person within myself. The funny thing is, the ironic thing is, when you become a better person, you actually become better for those people that you were trying to make happy all along. Exactly. That's such a good point. I, I agree with that. I, I think everyone is much better off because I did this. Like, I'm I'm just a... I honestly think I'm... A, it sounds weird to say I'm a better person because I don't even know if you can really quantify what makes a better person. But I feel no, like... No, I can say I'm personally... A, yeah. You you were a shit person before, and now you're at least halfway decent. <laughs> whoa, 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 buddy! You didn't even know you didn't even know what uh, what I was like before I ever ventured out of the great state of uh, Ohio. Yeah, I, know. I, know. I was trash. No, you're trash. <laughs> no, you were emo, emo Stephen. <laughs> what a great guy he was, but really he was awful. <laughs> he was tortured on the inside. All right. Yeah, tortured so that's why you're so so creative. That, that's why I'm getting suggestions on YouTube to for metalhead dating now. Which is just great. I just I told Brandon <laughs> I sent Brandon a picture this oh morning that I'm getting advertisements on YouTube now for metalhead dating. Which is You should uh, <laughs> post that on your like Instagram or something so people can see. <laughs> which is just just incredible that I'm getting this now. I mean I, I get it. I do like uh I do like some heavy metal, but didn't really realize that this was going to happen to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, but yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to throw you off of your, your train of thought. Yeah, like you, <laughs> I would say that maybe better isn't the right word for the person that you become, but I think maybe stronger within yourself. For sure. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ex exactly. Just I feel like I make better, more thought out decisions now because I've, I've had more experiences to draw from that I realize, oh, 
maybe I shouldn't make that decision because last time I did it, it didn't work out. <laughs> one one thing I want to say too, for, for people that we are talking to that if they were to look at themselves honestly in the mirror and they would consider themselves people pleasers, even though we don't dis- we don't agree with you know your the way that you make these decisions because you're making these decisions for other people that's not to say that you can't work on this like this this is part of what life is about like i used to be way worse at saying no to things i, I i've told steven multiple times that if i would have gotten that uh, rebecca black um thing right out of the gate out of dropping out of school i might have taken it because i just was like you know i just want to make it i just want to be successful or whatever and and so the fact that i i had the ability to start on this journey and learn who i was and learn what's actually important to me allowed me to make that really tough decision and that's what i want to encourage for people that are listening like you don't have to have it all figured out we sure as hell don't have it all figured out we we've had experiences where we've we've messed up in the past we've had experiences where um you know we've we've taken risks and 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 not people pleased but ultimately the the thing that i think is important in this journey is looking back on it reflecting on it and saying okay if i messed up here why did i mess up did i mess up because i made a decision for myself or did i mess up because i didn't make a decision for myself and so i didn't have as much control over what i was pursuing i was doing something that was outside of myself i was following the external pressures you know and so don't be discouraged if you are a people pleaser if you are a person who who has a hard time saying no just work work to be uh, stronger within yourself and work to uh, learn okay what are the triggers that get me to this point where i have a hard time saying no because once you once you cross that threshold of like okay this has been a hard journey this it's very uncomfortable for me to say no but you start developing that skill your life is going to be so much freer because you're going to be able to truly look at your the, the paths that you could take and say, wait a second, you know, kind of like Stephen did with his is moving down to Tennessee. He was able to lay out the specific paths of I have this opportunity in Tennessee. What would be the reason why I wouldn't take this opportunity? What? Because it makes me uncomfortable. That's not a good enough reason for me not to do it. What's the reason I would stay? because everybody else around me wants me to. That's not a good enough reason to stay, nope. you know? And, and and so that that thought process is something is an example of when you can get to that point where you can make those decisions is when you've really started to uh, cross into a, a new realm personally. And it's tough. It is hard, but in in the famous words of the fray, which <laughs> I say this all the time to Steven. Sometimes the hardest thing and the right thing are the same. And I think it's very important to understand that. <laughs> Always got to throw the fray in our conversations. <laughs> <laughs> got to find him. a way to put it in there. Um, him, do you think we, we've touched on the last point here enough? The um, looking yourself in the mirror? Uh, let's see here. Uh, well, I... I kind of I have a specific sure. thing that I want sure, to say sure, sure. about it if I can. Yeah. Um, something that has allowed me to make some of these decisions, so it, it's part of my thought process, is no matter who is in my inner circle, no matter who I love, who loves me, and all this stuff. At the end of the day, when I'm on my deathbed, not to get <laughs> too dark, I am the only one that is going to have to look back on my life and reflect on the decisions that I made on the paths that I chose. No matter how close someone is to me, they have to look at their own life, I have to look at mine. So more times than not, you gotta make the decisions for yourself. And for the people that are in your inner circle, those decisions that you make for yourself are gonna be positively impacted. Like I touched on with, with Steven, he got stronger as a person because of this decision and so even though it might have been hard for his family to say goodbye to him when he went to Tennessee, he, he's a stronger person and so he can give more to them uh, on, I guess, an emotional or mental level than maybe he could have in the past because he did something for himself. 
So you, you have to look at yourself in the mirror and you are the only one that does. So that's all I wanted to say. No, it's a, it's a good point. I, um, I think that that's how I make some of my decisions too. I just think at the end of my life, what, what am I going to regret? And I, I think the biggest thing is, did I live an authentic life to what I wanted? Did, did I do the things that I wanted or did I compromise who I was as a person? And sometimes that's, that's a tough thing to face because no one, mm-hmm. no one isn't affected by things on the outside, at least a little bit. Like it's, it's impossible. Right. You're, you're going to be affected. And sometimes you just got to have that strength to, to keep pushing through on things. And I decided um, probably in my teenage years that I would rather be the version of myself than a, shimmy, than a shitty imitation of someone else. And that's Absolutely. that's what I had decided, and it's got its it's got its tough moments where people sometimes they they think that you're like that you're not fun or you're 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 not like fitting into what they want. Sometimes people don't react kindly to that, but at the end of the day, people who do like you, you know that they like you for who you actually are because that's what you're being. Mm-hmm. Exactly. In in the famous words of Dr. Seuss. The people that matter don't mind. The people that mind don't matter. Gotta say, I actually really, really like that quote. And who would have guessed it yeah. come from Dr. Seuss? Who would have guessed? <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know anything about that. I don't even know if he's actually a doctor, to be honest with you. I don't even know if it's actually a man. I, is Dr. Seuss I don't know. a man or is it a tells you how little I know about Dr. Seuss. Uh, we got to do some research before we start doing these episodes. <laughs> yeah, good God. We need a research team here. We'll pay you yeah, nothing, thanks. but if you do research, I will give you a shout out. Yeah. Let us know. Uh, you could actually <laughs> reach us at uh, emgpod at gmail.com. <laughs> there you go. We'll be expecting some, some in-depth notes. Definitely. We're gonna get, the, we open up future. our inbox. There's like 35 people that are like, uh, I'd like to be a part of the research team. <laughs> <laughs> They're just, they automatically sound like a nerd. Yeah, they, automa- they all send us voice memos instead of just actually typing out emails and all their voices sound like that. Uh, earlier, when you were talking about the fossil records, what I found in my stomach. <laughs> you actually inaccurately stated that there were hunters and gatherers. Uh, that was actually both men and women. <laughs> oh, man. We're making enemies right we're now. We're making some enemies. All right. So uh, f- final thoughts here. Final thoughts. Final thoughts. I, I think I touched on everything I wanted to about this topic. Actually, probably not. When we listen back to this episode, I'm like, I wish I would have said that. But ultimately, one thing I did forget to mention was this disclaimer at the beginning of the episode. Anytime that you hear us talk, we go off of our our perspectives, our life, our opinions. Th- that's not to say that we know everything. Again, it's we don't. We are the the purpose of this is to start the dialogue with you guys, is to make you think about it. Think if you disagree, at least you're doing the thought of, hey, I hear what he's saying and I just disagree with it. I love that. You know, if, if you're taking the time to be introspective enough and reflect on this enough to disagree with me, then you're still doing what I hope that this this podcast accomplishes. And so you know, whether it's t- us talking about living a fulfilling life, us talking about don't, you can't make everybody happy, you know, whatever it is, you have to find it within yourself, no matter what we think is the right way to find it. We're learning just like all of you are. And, uh, and yeah, so I don't want to seem like I'm talking down to people. I know that Steven probably doesn't either. I mean, he's more of a jerk than I am. So maybe he does, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm always looking no, down to people. Yeah, well, he's up in Chicago. Yeah, I'm up so. in Chicago, so <laughs> you're down wherever right. you're wherever you are. <laughs> what about you, Stephen? What are your final thoughts? So, my final thoughts are: you literally, as we've stated this entire time, you literally can't make everyone happy. So, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you got to do what makes you happy when you're making decisions. And when I, it, it doesn't take like rocket science to realize this, like. There's there's people who who think oh um well I don't know how people are gonna feel if I if I do this or I don't know how people are gonna feel if I do that you're right people are gonna hate you for it and people are gonna like you for it no matter what you do yeah. like you can't have this concept in your head like oh you know if I make it someday like as a famous singer like, look at Justin Bieber yeah exactly look at Justin Bieber he has all the money in the world he can get whatever girl that he wants 
and yet people hate him. They hate him just for being him. He doesn't even have to do anything. People don't, don't, don't know his real thoughts and, and values, and people would still just hate him regardless. And if you, if you don't make that much money, then there's people that are going to say, like, wow, they're, they, they don't have any money. Like, I'm going to look down upon this person. And if you, like, like, literally, there's nothing you can do in life that people won't say something about, whether you're a doctor or you're uh, the guy who takes out the, the trash and puts it in the, in the a garbage man. Yeah, <laughs> so I couldn't think of what they're called. <laughs> garbage man. Whether you're a garbage man, whether you literally have no job and you're homeless. It doesn't matter. People are, are going to love you and hate you no matter what you do. So why waste your thoughts on other people's opinions of you and just do what you want to do because if you're happy I feel like you're gonna have more people happy around you because people can tell when someone's a genuinely happy person and yes people will hate you also for just being a genuinely happy person because people love to hate but aren't you gonna be better off if you're a happy person I think so I think that's my biggest takeaway within my own life and other people around me Absolutely. And one more thing. It's actually garbage person, not just garbage man. Good point. Did you not listen to our episode, <laughs> Act Like a Man? You're right. Garbage person. I, I, I apologize to anyone out there who was offended by my, by my heart. This is going to be a huge, huge scandal, dude. It's going to be a TMZ and everything. <laughs> you know what? I would, I would welcome that, actually. I would welcome <laughs> if we became that big that TMZ is listening to a small part of our podcast and making a big thing out of it. So bring it on TMZ. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Well, we want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Everything Must Go podcast. As stated, please write in your questions and comments. We love featuring those. You can write in at emgpod at gmail.com. You can also tweet at me at Stephen Russell B or send me an Instagram DM uh, at Stephen Russell B as well. Those are probably the best ways to contact me. You can also subscribe to my YouTube channel, Butch Boss. And write me comments there. Those are always fun to uh, to take a look at. Whether they're good or bad, I enjoy all of them. Yeah, and one thing I do want to mention too, um, we now have the podcast on all of your podcast apps, whether it's Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, um, TuneIn, uh, Stitcher, all anything that... Uh, that houses podcasts you can find us on now so definitely give us a subscribe give us a review if you would like Uh, we would definitely love uh, feedback in that regard and it also um, kind of adds we don't want to be searching for the validation but it definitely (laughs) for those people that don't know who we are or haven't heard this before to see those reviews um, you know it would be a good a good way for people to decide if they want to listen or not so definitely give us a review you can uh, tweet me at b flippin music um, Instagram handle is Brandon Flippin Music. Uh, YouTube page is uh, just Brandon Flippin, but if you type Brandon Flippin Music, that'll work for that as well. Now, hope to have more YouTube videos uh, coming out there shortly. Uh, definitely check out, uh, just to reiterate, uh, Stephen's YouTube page, Butch Boss, because you'll get to see videos uh, not only of the podcast, but also um, some skits and sketches that we, we decided to do while I was in Chicago. Um, so definitely look forward to have you guys seeing that. Um, but, uh, yeah. And other than that, oh, and soundcloud.com slash Brandon Flippin Music. If you want to hear, um, basically just as if you were in the room with me and I was just playing piano and singing for you, they're really raw recordings of, of me just playing some, some covers and some originals. So yeah, that's, uh, that's all I got. Cool. Well, thank you for listening guys. And we will, uh, talk to you soon. Take it easy.